Welcome to the Sporting Ones AFL Fantasy Podcast, first one for 2020, a new fantasy dawn for the ages. We'll see what this decade holds. I'm with uh, Hados, as always, when we do fantasy, and uh, it's been a big, 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 big off-season, Hados. It has, mate, and uh, my inbox has been flooded with all your screenshots, all your articles, and I know that you're raring to go, so um, let's see what you've got in store. Yes, it is. It's been a um, big off-season, and we're ready to crow. So, look, um, I reckon what we do is we go through... We're going to go through my side first, and then the second podcast, we're going to go through yours, and... The second podcast will happen in a couple of weeks because uh, I ruined my fantasy ritual by leaving for India. So, uh, we'll see how I uh, recover from not watching 16 games of Marsh series matches. Um, mate, you've got my side at your disposal. How is it looking? I, I, and let's bear in mind, I've been pretty reactionary, as I always am, from last week's Marsh series games. Well, you have been, and since I gave you uh, a bit of a spray at uh, one of our gym sessions, I've seen you've been reactionary once again because the Bont is not in there currently, even though he uh, was one of the top scorers, so you immediately put him in your team, which is typical of you. Um, but other than that, I reckon you've done your research, um, so it's looking pretty strong. Do we uh, want to start in the defense, shall we? Yeah, well, sometimes you've got to be reactionary, even from the weekend. And, um, yeah, I just felt the bond maybe was an overreaction, a reaction to an overreaction. So, in my defence, I know that I've gone with Houston. I've gone with Doherty. I think those two should be absolute locks. I've also gone with... Who have I gone with? So, you've got Caleb Daniel. He would be your highest scoring player at the moment, which is notable, of course, because you don't have one Lloyd and you don't have uh, Laird, the two L's. You're not putting your faith in them early on. Not early on. I need to just see what Lloyd's role is going to be. He's quite over overpriced and ended the year not so well, as we know. Uh, Laird, again, I just want to see what's going to happen with Adelaide's backline with Malera and with... Uh, Bryce Gibbs, so not completely sold. Um, I've got, uh, yeah, Caleb Daniel, but then also I'm not sold on him either, so who knows? Chris might come back in. Um, I've got Robertson. I think everyone's going to be on Robertson. I don't think him missing the first game is going to make a massive difference. Uh, Will Gould. I've got Brander just on... uh, some news coming out of the West, some sources perhaps due to the traders who might have heard some stuff. Um, and then my bench, well, yeah, it's just filled with a couple of 170K no names at the moment. Uh, midfield is a bit different. I've loaded up, but this could change. So, reactionary. I've gone Lockie Neal. <laughs> Very reactionary. I've got uh, Jack McRae in there. I've got uh, the pig, uh, Mitchell, in there. Not the other pig, Rockliffe, uh, just Mitchell. Uh, I've got, uh, actually, I've changed it that much. Who else have I got, Hados? 
um, at the moment. You've got Paddy Cripps as another um, one of your stars and Clayton Oliver, which is a bit different for you. You don't normally uh, like the red-headed man. I'm hey, usually, whoa, 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 whoa. the only one that you can stand. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I've got an affection for the Ginger Ninja, so Oliver gets a gig. Um, and Selwood, interestingly, is in there at the moment. So, um, And then you've got the, the stock standard Matthew Rowell and the Marleon Pickett. Yeah, no, don't mind those two to round it off, although I'm tempted I could even go down from Selwood to Stevens and free up cash because at the moment... My rucks, I'm not convinced. I'm going Grundy and Jacobs, but I could change Jacobs. I'm really hot on Riley O'Brien once the season gets proper. Uh, I'm not sold on Lysett. I reckon Laddams could really challenge him and take game time off him. Uh, and then you're left with Goldstein. If you don't want to go Max Gorn, you're left with like Goldstein, Jacobs, there's probably not, and Riley O'Brien, there's probably not too much else after that. There's just too much inconsistency. Uh, forward line's a bit interesting. I've gone a bit diverse. I've steered away from the um, top two of Whitfield and Martin, and I've gone with Devin Smith was, I think, tackling anything in sight at Instra Club. I think even the um, the drinks man was in danger with how, how much he was tackling. So I've got Devin Smith in there. I've got uh, Aiden Bonar, not Bonner, not Boner, but Bonar. Uh, I've got uh, the big man, and he looks as fit as I've ever seen him, clunking everything in sight. I know it's only my series, but I reckon with the delivery he can get from the Hawthorne midfield, he'll be a lock and can be a backup if you are going with Jacobs as you rock. Jonathan Patton. Uh, who else have I got? I've, yeah, I've reactionary. I've gone Greenwood. I haven't gone Petraka. And I've gone a point of difference, and I like this point of difference. I'm sold on him. Yes, I'm a Port fan, so it's probably partly biased as well. But Connor Rosie looks like he's just elevated his game once again. And I like him in that 539, um, 100,000 position. The only other players I, I, that could roll through there are maybe Andrew Brasher, who I had at the start. Possibly, although I don't really want to go there. I have gone there in Supercoach, but not in Fantasy. It's the Petrak, Christian Petraka. Every preseason, just teasing and tempting and still around that mark that's nice and generous. Uh, bench, who have I gone for my bench? I think I've just loaded up on a couple of 170-type stars. Yep. Um, so you've got Hugh Goddard and D Greaves. Uh, yeah, I like Greaves in the um, NAB. Nab, it's Marsh. In the Mar- I can't say Marsh. It reminds me of Mitchell and Sean, and that just gives me nightmares. But um, I've gone Greaves. I liked what I saw from him in the uh, Marsh series game against the Saints at Moorabbin. Yep. And then uh, in the mid, you've got Starsevic and Buderick. Yeah, Buderick was good. Starsevic, not so much, but he does provide that flexibility of the defensive forward. Uh, defensive midfield, sorry. Uh, Darcy Cameron, who's probably been in everyone's... Um, third or fourth rock spot for the last five years. Other than uh, Marlene Pickett, he's probably the most selected other than Grundy. Um, and then you've got Max King and M. Frederick from Fremantle. Right yeah. Out the forwards. Max King looks pretty good. Uh, he can roost the ball, I can tell you that, and he can mark a ball. If he stays fit, look, he'll be a slow burn. He won't be a um, get you 100 grand quickly, but he's a solid bench option. Um, same with... Um, 
Martin Frederick, it was an interesting one. I heard about him on the Intra Club um, Frio trial. Apparently played all right, did a few things. So if he gets early game time, that could be just a good bench spot. And obviously rounding out my um, side in the forwards was Isaac Rankin as well. I think he'll be a – he's probably most selected along with Marlene Pickett and a few of the others. So if he stays fit, he'll be good. So that's an interesting side. What I want to do now is go through each – of the... Can, uh, can we just take a minute to... I know, I'm excited. ...dissect a little bit of your team here. All right. I'm, I'm happy for dissection. Go for it. So, uh, you mentioned Rosie. Now, mm. I do really like the kid, and obviously he's going to be a future star of the competition. The only thing that I said to you was there wasn't too many players who elevate their game that much in their second year. So he averaged 72 last year. Is that right? Uh, judging by what the figures tell me, yes. And you are of the belief that he can go 90 plus? Yes. Okay. Well, that's a question mark for me, but fair enough. Um, Joel Selwood, I have a bit of a question mark over him as well. Just he never really seems to stay fit. And... Um, Although that move to the midfield looks imminent because Tim Kelly's departed now, just the fact that he was played on the wing a fair bit last year too, that worries me. What have we heard about his um, playing status this year? Well, he's had his best preseason ever. That That's what I've heard on the uh, fantasy grapevine, uh, as well as the fact that um, well, I think he's married now as well. That always helps. Uh, also... He played in the midfield in the two finals last year, scoring above 100 each time. Obviously, without Tim Kelly, they don't have that solid midfielder to come in. Gary Ablett's not going to be playing there because, well, let's just face it, Gary Ablett's on his last legs, so he'll only be doing it in bursts. They do have Mitch Duncan, obviously, but he's more of that sort of floating midfield, I would call it. Um so I see that if Selwood can make it back in, which he will, then he could score 100 and he's priced at about, what, 85. I guess the only other thing is what happens to Jack Stephen and is Jack Stephen fit enough? Mm. So that that's the other dilemma. Both are priced within 20K of each other. They've also got Menegola who didn't really play much last year and also they're looking to really inject players like Narkel and then even Cockatoo if he can get fit. So... There's enough question marks for me over Selwood, but um, he could prove prove me wrong. Yeah, it's just it's just a bit of a what I'd call a rolling preseason side at the moment with with volatile changes. Could well change by the end of this podcast. Oh, exactly. I could, I could put um, Dylan Stevens in there by the end of the podcast, and it's bye bye Selwood and bye bye Sam Jacobs. So, um, what do you think of the back line? Though I think that that's the area I think we're going to struggle forward. I think there's going to be a lot of value where we didn't think there was going to be, and now guys like Greenwood, Rosie, Petraka, uh, Brayshaw, even Acres, all these guys can roll through there. The backs just seem a little bit thin, and it might be that you're running with. Houston at your D1. Yeah. Um, there's probably some pretty, I guess, as you said, with that question mark over Lloyd, his last uh, part of last year um, was a little bit of a worry because they did experiment with him a bit. Um, wasn't in that same sort of freewheeling back pocket chip mark sort of game style. Um, 
having said that, I'm not too worried about him. I, I reckon he's, uh, once the season gets rolling, he'll go back to that usual role. Um, I reckon they just sort of trialed things last year because they knew they weren't going to make finals. Um, and yeah, I still reckon that he's going to be the top dog. So I'm going to start with Lloyd, I reckon, at this stage and just hope for the best. Um, and Laird, I reckon he's another solid one. So it's interesting that you haven't gone for those two, but um, you were in the top 50 last year, so maybe uh, you're onto something there. Yeah, the hat says 47, so we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> really, I, it's just playing around with it at the moment. Once I see, well, not see, once I read up and do a bit more when I get back, it'll be seeing who scored what, where have they scored it, what's the game time, what's the centre bounce attendances. How are they getting their possessions? Are they going to be a lock? And look, you can do all your research you want. And after the first round, it can still fall to pieces because I had Seb Ross last year, ditched him after round one. So it, it changes and you just got to accept that you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have one or two players that perhaps you had and thought were going to be good and are not going to be good. So it's just trying to do the best you can and start off the best you can. There's one player I'm, I'm really looking at and I'm really thinking about, and it's a matter of how can I get him into my midfield with the midfielders that are already there. The fact that he's lost forward status makes it extremely hard. But Travis Boak set for another career best year, I reckon. Can I get him in? No, because he's so awkwardly priced now. He's at 784 it would mean sacrifice. Well, it could. I could sacrifice Lockie Neal, but I think like last season, he's going to start off like a house on fire. Cripps will start off like a house on fire. So, and then it's a matter of do I swap out Oliver for him because I think Oliver's looking good and set for a ripper year and what, he's coming up to what, 23, 24? So he's set for a big one as well. So it's just going to be so hard to sort out your top five or six midfielders, depending on which way you're rolling, especially when you can't afford to, with what we've seen so far, keep out a guy like Tom Mitchell at 671 because he'll just never be that cheap again. Um, right, let's get into these sides, I reckon. So we're going to start off in alphabetical order. So it starts off with the Adelaide Crows. A lot of upheaval, a lot of changes, new coaching panel, um, new playing roles, new players. It's all changing at West Lakes, And the top five I've looked at, um, and you've sort of already gone, oh, your eyebrows have raised to me. But I've got um, Rory Sloan. Again, he's one, obviously, he's going to have the sole captaincy. Um, again, awkwardly priced. I think he's around the 740 mark. But he'll start off, and I think the Crows have a pretty good draw too. He'll start off like a house on fire. Rory Laird is one you mentioned. Obviously, Riley O'Brien was probably the fantasy player of last season and probably one I regret not having in the end. Because I think he increased something like 500k. Um, Bryce Gibbs. Now, some would say why, but he is playing that sort of halfback role, as we've seen in the match. Did only get 69 points, but could be enough to sway some people. Wasn't enough to sway me. I need to see more from him. And Chase Jones up in that mid forward, uh, no, in the, as a forward at 318k. Again, he's one of those along with Patton. And Bona that uh, looks like he could be a chance to get in your sides. Brody Smith, I'll tell you what, if he plays this wing role, he's going to come into calculations. Uh, Tom Dode, although a bit of a mishap with his, a bit of a slight setback with his knee, um, just means he might not get as much game time as what we'd hoped early on. Uh, Ned McHenry, um, 
training well. Looks like he's going to get a game, uh, and he's a good one seventy one seventy k rook. Uh, Wayne Miller seems to be the talk on everybody's lips at the moment. I didn't have him in my top five, but a lot of people like the way he played, like the way he went about it in the Marsh Series match against Melbourne. Looks like he could be elevating his game again. Uh, any other Crows players you can think of that might come to mind? Well, I reckon uh, the two Crouch boys are pretty stiff, not to get a mention. Um, yeah, it's just their price. I mean, Brad, though, like, like I was thinking, Brad, 801, solid solid as. I mean, maybe people are thinking didn't, injuries. Didn't miss a game last year. Didn't miss a game, didn't get out of my side the whole season last year. Matt's probably up and down a bit. Probably, again, a bit stiff. He has been a, a fantasy um, star in previous seasons. Uh, other than the Crouch boys, anyone else come to mind or leap out at you? Um, well, we did actually uh, off-air just mention that maybe if uh, Paholk gets a few few minutes, he's cheap enough to uh, be worth a little bit of a dice roll um, in that forward line. If you're looking for someone really cheap and you're, you're strapped for cash... He uh, he does really well in the sandfall, which doesn't always translate to AFL. But if he can get enough minutes in the midfield as well as that forward role, he's um, he can make a bit of cash, I reckon. And he's cheaper than Chase Jones, isn't he? He is, yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. Brisbane top five. Jeez, uh, I'll tell you what. This this was probably one of my simplest. I think. Um, Dane Zorko, Lockie Neal, Hugh McCluggage, Jared Lyons, Alex. With it, and if he can regain that role that he had, not last season, the season before, with now Luke Hodge gone. Um, other considerations I've got in there, Stefan Martin, Daniel Rich, Mitchie Robinson, Devin Robinson, their draft pick, who's quite highly rated, but he is about 228k. And Cam Rayner, if the talk is that he will play more midfield time and he has trimmed down. He did look trimmer, he did look leaner, but I didn't see that midfield time. Yeah. Um, what about Corey Lyons? How far off is he getting a game, do you reckon? Uh, we'll have to ask Mitch about that one. Because, um, yeah, he was he was pretty close last year, I reckon. He uh, got best on ground in their needful side, which was pretty dominant for the whole year. I don't think they lost the game or something like that. Something ridiculous. Yeah, no, they, they played really well in the needful. The other ones to consider there, and I, and I haven't mentioned them, Grant Birchall, although I just didn't see enough from him in that Marsh Series game, but that could change. Um, very good use of the ball, so they will want to get it uh, in his hands. Just a matter of whether he can stay fit the whole year. That's that's the other issue with Birchall. And Brandon Starcevich, again, was in my side. Mid-defensive um, option, so it gives you that dual position and 189K. Looks like he could get a game, but I'd need to see more from him. I reckon um, two players to watch out for, Jared Berry and McCluggage. They could uh, increase their average by a bit and go up in value at the same time, obviously. So they could be some little sleepers there in the draft or even maybe in the classic. Yeah, McCluggage is definitely, I'd probably say, the one to watch out of that lot. Fair enough. So moving on to Carlton now. And uh, top five players from there to look at would be Paddy Cripps, enough said there. Sam Doherty, if he can get back to even three quarters of the form that he's capable of, then he's going to be great value. Sam Walsh, are, he's probably the one second-year player that can go go again, go even better than last year. Probably more of a draft um, 
one, but uh, he'll be he'll be in uh, a red hot purple patch of form at some stage throughout the year. I see a twinkle in your eye when you say that. Is anyone you've got your eye on for draft? Uh, yeah, in the later stages, I reckon if he's available, I won't be hesitating. Um, Mark Murphy, the evergreen uh, midfielder. And Nick Newman, the man down back who does uh, a lot of their kicking and marking. Um, and then other considerations, ones that are uh, probably not going to be in your starting side, but ones to just keep an eye on. Uh, Liam Stocker, if he can get going. He's highly rated, obviously. Uh, Mark Pittenet, who is the ruckman from Hawthorne and is a very good chance of starting as their number one ruck. Jack Martin, the uh, Gold, Gold Coast recruit who was uh, a bit of a controversial one, but he's got a lot of talent. And now that he's at a team where he's going to be happy and settled, he could uh, elevate his game. And Jack Nunes, another one who's come over from St. Kilda. Look, he has his ups and downs, and he does hit some uh, some decent patches of form, but he can be pretty unreliable when uh, you need him most, um, particularly in draft. So... Yeah, is there anyone else from Carlton that we're thinking of? Like, you, you just couldn't go cruiser, right? I just couldn't go there again. There is one I'm thinking of that I've left out, and he's pretty stiff, to be honest. Um, probably because his brother's stolen all the limelight this bloody uh, preseason with his basketball injury, and then Cane having a crack at him, and then the whole footy fraternity having a crack at him. Played a straight bat too, but it's Ed Kerno. Ed Kerno. It was all about Charlie Kerno, but Ed Kerno could be one that he just found his form. He was let off the leash, and he started averaging some really good scores towards the end of uh, towards the end of last season. So he might be one to just um, keep in your back pocket for your um, draft leagues, and maybe a real point of difference for your um, classic teams. Yeah, and another one that showed a bit last year coming into his fourth season this year, I believe, uh, Zach Fisher, who has mid-forward status. Probably another one, again, for draft, but um, he he showed some some good signs last year. What about... And I love saying this name. It just rolls off the tongue. It's pity that his footy ability hasn't matched his name to this point. Sam Petreski-Seaton. Uh, yeah, that's another one. Another draft consideration, I reckon. He was pretty consistent last year. You'd be surprised, actually. Um not sure what his average was off the top of my head, but... Um, I think it was in the... He's priced around the five. He, he's in an awkward price range, but he's around that 500 mark. But he has uh, defender status. Ooh, defender forward. Okay, there's a bit of flexibility for you. Defender mid, actually. Oh, defender mid. Okay, defender mid. So, he's lost that forward status. But he got uh, 77 last year, and I don't reckon there was too many games where he went under around about that 70 mark, which is pretty serviceable for a... Uh, Deep draft league in, in defence particularly. Yeah, nice. Okay, so Collingwood top five. Um, this was, again, pretty straightforward. Uh, Brady Grundy, uh, no-brainer. Adam Trelaw, uh, ultra-consistent, Mr. Consistent. Jack Crispy Cream at uh, off the back line. He had probably his best season. Scott Penderbury, I think uh, from what I read, he was the average the most over the whole decade. Uh, or had the most points, one of those, very serviceable. And Taylor Adams, as you round out your top five. The other considerations, Darcy Cameron, obviously, as your um, backup ruckman, if Grundy goes down, there's Darcy Cameron, bang, he goes straight in. Um, 
Phil In. He's a uh, he's another one. Uh, as he, oh, sorry, feel it. No, Braden Sire. Sorry, he's another one. Uh, Jay Rantel, uh, one of their draft picks. Jordan Goey and Isaac Quainer. Yeah, um, they're a pretty interesting side, Collingwood, because they're probably one of the highest scoring teams when they're up and about. So you could almost find yourself with, you know, about four of their midfielders. To be honest. Um, yeah, so I think Taylor Adams is probably the one that excites me the most just because his price is a bit lower than what his potential is. Um, and then, yeah, Brody Grundy's the, obviously the standout player of the competition. So, yeah, there's a lot to like in Collingwood. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And even guys like Jeremy Howe um, can come along as well in defence. So, look, there's a lot to like. And um, But literally, probably for mine, I'd only be looking at Grundy, Trelaw, Crispin and Adams. Although if Braden Sear gets a game and gets quality midfield minutes that perhaps Dane, Dane Beams was going to get, then he would be the one um, that I'd be looking at as a cheap option. Well, it'd also be interesting to see what sort of role Pendlebury plays as well because... There's always that that chance that he could float back into defence, and if he gains uh, defender status later in the year, um, you know he could be well worth a shout. Yeah. Uh, Essendon top five: Zach Merritt, Devin Smith, Jacob Townsend, Andrew Phillips, and Dylan Shields. What I've got: other considerations: David Zaharakis, Mitch Hibbard, Dyson Heppel, Ashton McGrath, or Ratio Van Tasia. I really struggled with Essendon. This this was a hard one for mine. I'm pretty only pretty much only looking about probably three players. Merritt will come into calculations as a downgrade target for me. Devin Smith is my starting forward at his price, and Townsend may be swapping with Bonar or Patton depending on what his role looks like. Yeah, um, just from a draft perspective again, which is probably where my head's at at the moment. Um, Dyson Heppel could be interesting because he had that really bad foot issue last year. Um, so if when he is fit and he can train, he he's um, a walk up start for about a hundred average. And uh, another one to look at as well would be Darcy Parish, who's probably into his fourth year now. So you'd expect his body to be a bit stronger. Um, and with forward status, that's pretty handy. Have you been speaking to Warney? <laughs> you you and him on Darcy Parish, jeez, I'll tell you, I deliberately left him off the list for that reason, so we didn't have to bring up Darcy Parish. Well, Warney knows his stuff, obviously, doesn't he? So Also a redhead as well. Mm, I'm seeing the connection here. All right, moving on from that. Fremantle top five. Let's go to the West. Nathan, Nathan Fife, Blake Akers, Andrew Brayshaw, Sean Darcy, Connor Blakely round out my top five. Other considerations, Luke Ryan, Caleb Sarong, James Aish, Luke Valenti, Hayden Young, and Sam Sturt. Yep. Uh, Connor Blakely, he is probably one of the most frustrating defenders you'd ever find uh, on a fantasy football field. He can get about 80 in two quarters and then he'll get 10 in the other two. So it all depends on where he gets played. If he's in the midfield, we've got a new coach now. So Ross Lyon, thank God, he's gone. Maybe they'll unleash Connor Blakely in the midfield and I reckon for a defender... That's um, going to be a pretty pretty good position to have him in, I reckon. Yeah. Um, there was that 
draftee, or he might be his second year, perhaps, the Hayden Young. Yeah, just in the rehab group at the moment. But it shouldn't put us off. He'll probably still play early. But it's just his price. He's about 258k, so it is going to make it um, quite awkward to fit him in. And what are your thoughts on your man, Luke Ryan, who sort of is a bit of a roller coaster himself? Watch and see his role, but he'd be a great point of difference to start the season. If he's got a really good role, we know he likes the uh, plus sixes, so that's what I'd be saying. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. They've got they've got a few that I like. Lake Acres is one. Andrew Brayshaw is another. Caleb Sarong in the in the midfield as well. He's uh, one that could be a bit of a surprise packet, maybe instead of a Dylan Stevens. But um, going to be interesting to see what comes out of him with Justin Longmuir's coach. So one to, a club to watch. Now to a club that we've watched for a long time in Geelong, their top five, Patrick Dangerfield, Jack Stephen, Joel Selwood, Tom Stewart, Mitch Duncan. The other considerations, as we've already pointed out, Quinton Narkle, Sam Menegola, Luke Dowhouse, Brad Close, Nakia, Cocker too. Where do we stand on this? In my original side, I had Dangerfield, but I'm not so sure now. But he could sneak back in there. Jack Stephen, awkwardly priced. Is he going to go above what he could do at St Kilda? Not sure. Selwood, we've spoken about. And then I know your love for the uh, Tom Stewart. And Mitch Duncan's had a bit of an interrupted preseason. Yeah, I do love Tom Stewart. But as you said, I reckon he's had an a uh, bit of a interrupted preseason as well, which always worries you when you hear that. Um, but he's still an out-and-out star and obviously gets a lot of the plus sixes that we love. Um, as far as Dangerfield goes, I reckon he's going to be in your team at the end of the year, just whether or not you start with him would be the question. Um, but certainly he's capable of going back to 115, 120, you know, without breaking a sweat really. Um, other than that, yeah, Narkle's going to be an interesting one. Averaged uh, 84 last year in uh, a few games, but he's priced at 497000 So, that's um, a bit of money can be made there. And I reckon uh, Parfit would be another one as well to look at, particularly for draft because he's got forward status. Um, and if they throw him in the midfield mix again particularly with Tim Kelly out, then uh, he'll up his scoring. And uh, once again, deep draft league, 72 average last year, should elevate. So he's going to be one to look at. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Gold Coast, I reckon. Just moving on quickly, Gold Coast. This this is where I think we're going to have a lot of our players this year, which I never thought I'd say. But uh, top five, Matt Rao. I don't think anyone. I don't know anyone who hasn't got him yet. Uh, Hugh Greenwood, Noah Anderson, Isaac Rankin, Jared Witts as the top five. Other considerations, and there's plenty. Brandon Ellis, Braden Fiorini, Darcy McPherson, Will Brody, Ben Ainsworth, Connor Buderick, and I'll stop right there. But uh, there is options are plenty at the Gold Coast. Yeah, there is, and particularly the the rookies because obviously they're a pretty fledging club. They have. Their senior players leave every year, which is unfortunate for them, but it turns out to uh, to work for fantasy uh, pretty well. So definitely keep an eye on those young players. Who's going to start? Who is um, going to get a lot of game time? Obviously, Matt Rao is the standout. Um, Isaac Rankin, we do love him. Obviously, an excitement machine. Just worried about his scoring potential because he doesn't really get a lot of the ball. He's one of those flashy sort of players. 
Um, so that sort of accumulation of stats isn't really there for him. Um, what about McPherson as your draft sleeper? Yeah, well, he was pretty serviceable last year, wasn't he? So, Did you have him at one point? Not in draft. I reckon I had the, the chance, but I missed it. And then he was gone for good once uh, once he got picked up because he probably averaged in the 90s or so. Um, what about your man Fiorini? He, he's not my man. I've never had him. I've, I've touted him up, but I've never... De- I haven't... I don't know. This, this year could be totally different with Rao and Anson coming in. Does he play? Does he not? Still got David Swallow there. So, I'm not sold on it, but just wait and see on Fiorini, I think. Okay, and so the two drafted, uh, sorry, the two players that came across um, in the draft period, Brandon Ellis and Hugh Greenwood. How do you see them shaping up for the Suns? Well, Greenwood, I think, is going to be a lock. I, I love the way he goes about it. Um, I think he'll get more game time than what he got at Adelaide. He'll get more midfield time. And, well, he's, I'm going to find it hard to get rid of him out of my forward line, especially given his dual status. And Ellis, not, yeah, no interest there? Not interested as yet. Need to see more. Yeah, maybe one for draft there. All right. We're going, to do, we're going to do one more side. So, we're going to split it up into do nine sides tonight. And in our last podcast before the season proper, we'll do the other nine sides. GWS Giants. Now, this is where a lot of players are going to come from. We don't know which ones to pick. Top five, Lockie Whitfield, Stephen Coniglio, Sam Jacobs, Josh Kelly, Cullen Ward. Apologies to Zach Williams and Tim Taranto and Toby Green. They're in your other considerations along with Lachlan Ash, Jeremy Cameron and Jacob Hopper. Yeah, so again, another team that um, obviously at the top of the ladder, they get a lot of the ball, so there's a lot of uh, fantasy players to look at. Um, I reckon Caniglio is an interesting one. He had that one game where he got zero and that affected his average. So he is underpriced for what the man can deliver. There is talk though that he's obviously going to play a little bit more forward. And that's and that's worried me because as you know, he was my number one pick based on the fact he had a preseason. That's right. So look, I still like I still really like him. I think I'm going to start with him. Um, if he does gain forward status, that's just a bonus. But he's damaging up forward. He wins one on ones. Um has the ability to kick multiple goals. Uh, so I still like him for that price. Whitfield, I think um, you're really cautious on him and I want to hear exactly why because I don't think he's done anything wrong. Oh, I didn't say he's done anything wrong, but it's 844, his price stat, and I'm not sure he's going to give you any more than that. And the likelihood is he could go back in price. But he's a forward. Yeah, I know that. But I just think there's a lot of value forwards at the moment. I just want to see how it plays out. If he rips it up in the Marsh next two Marsh games, he's likely back in my side. Oh, and, I guarantee he's back And then I've got to rejig my forward line again. But I'm just saying, I'm not sure. He could be a good downgrade target for, say, round two or three. But can you ride it out till that? And it's possible he could do a Tom Mitchell go the other way and elevates to 900K and then he's out of price. So it's a tough one. Um, I don't think he hasn't done anything wrong. I don't get this. What's Lockie Whitfield done wrong? He hasn't done anything wrong. It's just the fact of what he's priced at. Can you get better value with two players as opposed to Lockie Whitfield and a rookie? That's what I'm looking at. So he hasn't done anything wrong. though. So the brain's in overdrive basically is what you're telling me. It's overstimulated. It's preseason and it's overstimulated. Uh, it is. We need to get to the real stuff so, before you uh, have a stroke or something like that. Exactly. Instead of overstimulation, let's go straight. 
we've done nine sides now. Hawthorne to Western Bulldogs will be in the next podcast. Questions. We did get some questions. Now, one of them's from one of our uh, very good mates in uh, Sari. And he said, what are the top eight interchangeable players? By that, he means players on the interchange under 200K. Well, we've run through a few of them. We've got Isaac Rankin. Uh, we've got Connor Buderick. Both are at 170K. We've got Ned McHenry at 170K. Darren Greaves at 170K. Uh, Hugh Goddard at 170K. Max King at 170K. Darcy Cameron, tell me he's at 170K. I think he is. Yes, getting a head nod. Beautiful. Uh, that's pretty much it. Martin Frederick at 170K. Was that eight, was it? Yeah, oh, I think I've listed about 10. Um, but there's plenty of... Oh, We've missed the most obvious one, Marley and Pickett at 170k. Um, if he's you, not going to be on your, your bench, though, you wouldn't think? No, you have to play him on field. You're not going to get a better 170k player. Plays one game in a grand final, <laughs> rips it up, has a storming VFL season, probably the best mid-season draftee that anyone's ever going to get. Um, it's just a fairy tale, but I, I think he starts. He clearly starts. Um, any other 170ks that I might have missed? Jack Bytel, I don't know that he's going to get a game, though. Yeah, not that I can think of. I haven't really paid that close attention to uh, the rookies this year, so I think I'm going to be just cheating a bit off uh, what you've just said. Are you going to be streaming your AFL pass very shortly? Yes, that will be in full use, of course. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just going to be what players get picked during the week because we should have a good idea. They do have a tradition these days of naming the debutants, um, and then obviously you've got the teams, you've got the flexible lockouts. So just try and fill your bench with the players that are playing. Hopefully they've got a little bit of security behind them and then uh, just hope for the best. Yeah, all right. What's our next question? I think it's from Levi. Um, what have we got here, mate? Far away. So he's got a few different questions. He's... Mainly concerned with the defenders this year, though. He's pretty much just got Dan Houston as his D1 because a bit like you, he's concerned with Lloyd's role. He's not too sure about Laird either. Um, even Sicily, he's been burnt by him like we all have. Yeah, see, I had Sicily in my first side. I'm not scared of Sicily this season. I think, I think it's clear his role is going to be in the back line. I would have liked to have seen that. In the first game, but I, they obviously it didn't happen. So hopefully in the next Marsh Series game, we'll get to see that. So, yeah, he's just wondering, is Dan Houston viable as your D1? Oh, see, I've got him at D2 because I've got Caleb Daniel. But if I didn't have Caleb Daniel, then I'd probably run with him at D1. Um, and he's playing that midfield time. So you could... Um, but not with great confidence, I'll say that. Look, I think that you need to have at least one, if not two, ahead of him. Um, it's Look, Laird should get the 100. In a nutshell, he should. He's an absolute bull magnet. He averaged 97 last year. He shouldn't go under that. So he would be the safest bet for mine. Right. Okay. What's the next question? Um. So, I think he's worried also about the forward line. Yeah, it, there's a lot of value and there's a lot of... It's a bit up in the air at the moment. And uh, currently, he has Dusty, 
and Greenwood as his forward two and three, which must mean that he's got Whitfield um, yeah, as his number one. That's fairly standard. So the players that he's uh, wanting to know your thoughts on would be Wingard, who we didn't mention in Hawthorne. Because we haven't got to them yet. Okay. And Devon Smith, who we did touch on. And I, like he's, said, he's a big tick. I'm, sure he, I'm pretty sure I saw him tackle the water boy. Uh, the water boy was in his way. He wanted some high-quality H2O, and he went back. Um, Dev Devon will be back, I think. Um, full year out, a bit like Mitchell, I think he'll be back. He's been raring to go. He's been itching to go, tackling everything in sight. Um, and Wingard, oh, he's one. I, I could easily go Selwood to Wingard um, and be sold on it because I think he will be in the guts with Warple and with Mitchell, Mitchell meaning I don't know what that means for the likes of Shields. Um, and Henderson, but Shields doesn't have any other bows to his string, so he'll be in the midfield as well. All right, so there we go. Wingard will still play a little bit of forward, obviously, mm. um, but I think Clarkson really rates him, and he wants to get Wingard. You know, yeah. Really so ticking. I mean, look, I, ra- I rate both of those. And Blake Akers, how about him? Like his, uh, I want to see how free I go on the marsh, but I think he will have a significant role to play, and I think it could increase his output at Freo depending on how they use him. Yeah, he's definitely one to watch because he does have that potential. But for me, if you get traded, there's a reason for it. Mm. So unless Longmuir can really get the best out of him, I'd, I I can't buy, see it changing too much. Your buy beware. Um, so the next one's from Matt. Uh, and what's Matt got for us? So he says, who's the best Ruck 2? If you're not going with Gorn. If you're not going with Gorn and you want purely the best one and you're not worried about money, for mine, it's Riley O'Brien. If you're worried about cash and you're trying to generate more value elsewhere, then it's Sam Jacobs. Okay. I'm going to throw a name at you. And I'm shocked that you haven't even really given him much thought at all. Jay Witts. It's only because he's... And he should have a soft spot in your heart because he pretty much got you to number one at one stage last year. he did. He did. Um, I just like the upside in Riley O'Brien. I'm not sure Wits can give any more. But what he gave last year was 104 average. So, that that to me is quite... Yeah, it is very good. But I'm just sold on Riley O'Brien ahead of Wits. And what about my man, Rowan Marshall? Yeah, it's hard because of the rider factor. How much is Marshall going to play in that ruck role? How often is he going to play forward? Is he going to be effective forward? Those are the questions in my mind, although having said that, he did look quite good against the Hawks. Mm, He did kick three goals though, which isn't going to happen every game. Mm. And as you said, as soon as Ryder got traded there, that that sort of sent shivers down my spine because we know that when there's an extra ruck in the equation, it just makes things ugly. Exactly. What else has Matt M got for us? Um, another another one that's um, questioning the defenders. Um, so we've sort of touched on that. Not really much else that we can really think of. Um, but Petrarca has really caught his eye after that first week, and I can't blame him. I can't blame him, but it's by beware because it's Petrarca. He he does this every preseason. Does he though? Because I don't even think he has an all. He never has a preseason. <laughs> he either never has a preseason or he has a preseason. Look, he does. He does have the tendency to average between that eighty to ninety, and it makes it really awkward because you like, you can see he wants to go to that next level. 
Maybe this year is it because he has had a full preseason. He has got that under his belt. He has got a bigger engine. Maybe he will now with the decline of Nathan Jones a bit. Maybe he will start playing permanent midfield and maybe it is the year to get him. But I'm not sold. Well, he's still got another Marsh game to impress on you. And I reckon if he goes over 100, there's every... He'll be in your side. There's no doubt about it. Can I just bring everyone's attention to the fact? Now, I'm the most reactionary person going around, but let's just not forget Angus Brayshaw. 148 and 143, or something along those lines. They were both over 140 in the Marsh series last year. And what did he give us after three rounds? Donuts. Yeah, well, there was a bit of a mystery hanging over the whole Melbourne team last year, so we're just going to hopefully take that with a grain of salt. They've got that new fitness man in, your man, from Port, is he? Burgess. So hopefully that does wonders for their fantasy scores. Well, that could be the catalyst for Petrarca's season ahead. And look, I don't think Petrarca's going to go under what he averaged last year. Mm. He's only going to improve. Now, there is a, was there any more from Matt on that one? No. No? Okay, thanks for that question, Matt. Um, from what state does he have? He's from Victoria. Very good. Uh, Levi's from also South Australia and Surrey's from South Australia and another South Australian I believe one of your mates D-Love now what was his question that he that he put to us it's very simple it is and I know that you're not happy with it so <laughs> shout out to D-Love Paul was flabbergasted that you'd even ask this question now I know why he's asked it because I know that he's done absolutely zero research <laughs> Where is have it? You, have you two been doing the research together? Is that we the have, yeah. We've been spending a lot of time together. None of it has involved any fantasy at this stage. Has it involved red squared vodka? It may have. Right, okay. Not, then I can see why the question has come. Not that he would be too happy about that. But he wants to know, where does he start? What would be the best place to start? Now, I'm looking at something right now, <laughs> and I always give you a fair amount of shit for buying it, but... I'll tell you what, it's actually come in handy for this episode, considering I haven't done a lot of research. Now, where are you going to start? Well, I would start by going out to your newsagent, purchasing the Fantasy Footy Record. It's a definitive guide to 2020. It's been uh, sort of organised by the traders. I've bought it for the last five years. It's $9.95 well spent. Get the money out of your pocket. You've got to spend it. At least it gives you a base of where to start from. It does give you rundowns on every player. It's not as comprehensive as the prospectus, but I've never bought the prospectus. So, I would start with that. Failing that, start with one solid ruck being Brody Grundy, one solid midfielder saying Jack McRae, one solid defender say Jack, um, Jake Lloyd, Lloyd, and then one solid forward being Lockie Whitfield, and then work your way from there. All right, that's not a bad oh, also, not a bad little tip. Oh, of course, podcasts as well, not a bad yeah. place to start. Yeah, the Traders podcast, our podcast. There's other podcasts out there as well. Louis and Checkers on uh, lane kicking, they're quite good as well. Um, let's, let's not plug too many other uh, rival pods. Yeah, I know, but it's a fantasy community. We want to get around it. Um, also, Marley and Pickett would be a good place to start. If you don't have him in your lineup, you probably shouldn't be playing. Okay, so... Look, there is, there's enough uh, resources out there now. This is fantasies taking over, you know, pretty much. Uh, Fantasy, super coach. The apps and, and all that sort of stuff. It's all over that stuff now. So, uh, you don't have to look too hard these days, which is 
handy for the ones that are getting a little bit lazier in their older years, perhaps. Yep. So, in saying that, hit us up on Twitter uh, at one underscore sporting. Uh, I do like Twitter. I'm actually becoming more of a fan of Twitter. So, hit us up on that. Or uh, Instagram. Um, the at the sporting one facebook the sporting one's got facebook page and you can subscribe to this podcast on spotify itunes apple Podcasts, google podcasts uh and all your good podcast uh platforms uh by all means if you got any questions or your team send them in i'll be in india but i'll uh, do my best with the limited wi-fi i get at the hotels to have a look at it and have a look at the questions uh we'll be back probably in two weeks when i get back from India, so probably that week, uh, probably that first week right before the season starts. So we'll have all the rundown on the Marsh series that Hados will research to the nth degree for me since I'm in another country. And uh, then we'll get the other nine teams to you from Hawthorne to the Western Bulldogs and any questions you might have and have our final teams perhaps in readiness for it as well. So we look forward to that. And we look forward to uh, speaking to you and hearing your questions and seeing your sights throughout the season. I'm the Sporting One, signing off with Hados. Enjoy the Bushfire Relief match. Donate if you can. And also uh, the Marsh Series this weekend as well. Thanks, mate. I know that uh, this was long overdue for you, so well done and good luck in India. I hope you don't get India belly. I'm really worried about your immune system, so <laughs> just do your best to stay healthy. I'm sure that I'll be hearing from you while you're over there and uh, good luck, mate. Thank you very much, mate. And uh, yeah, I hope to avoid uh, Delhi belly and I am worried about my immune system as well. So uh, signing off for now, guys. Uh, send in uh, any of your questions and uh, listen... Uh, when you can. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye for now.